0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. play the Godfather now at chumbacasino.com welcome to the family No purchase necessary Vgw group we were prohibited by law eighteen plus terms and conditions apply this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network.
1: Celtic say of mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and this afternoon I'm joined by Kevin McCluskey and Laura Bradburn we have been watching the action at Easter Road it has finished scoreless Hibs 0, no, Celtic 0 no. Laura I'll come to you first did Celtic do enough to win that game?
2: Uh, the short answer is no um, while I don't think Hibs did enough to win it either um, I think Celtic were perhaps the worst of the two, or passing was not as slick as Hibbs was at times, or um, just general lack of um, anything remotely dangerous up top meant that, you know, I think it's a, it's a bit of a cliche in football. You could have played that game for three times as long and the goal was never going to come. Um, I, you know, somebody's Andy... Andy Walker said during the game that, you know, these results are bound to happen throughout the season. And I think they are. I've said before, I think both us and Rangers would drop points before the before the end of the season and it's going to be a tight title race for that reason. The thing that's concerning me about Celtic just now is I would say that's probably the at least the sixth performance on the bounce that I can remember thinking we're really not up to scratch today. We haven't dropped points before now, um, even though we've not been up to scratch. What worries me about today is we've not been up to scratch and we've dropped points and you just wonder whether, rather than being a one-off, is this a a kind of rut that we're going into that we can't get ourselves out of, not to be too negative about it, but there was very little encouraging there today to say, oh no, I think this will be a one-off and we'll be back to our winning ways next week.
1: Well, I think the uh, going into this game, it was 18 wins out of 20, wasn't it? So that's 18 and 21. Um, we were superb against Rangers in a 3-0 game. We then went out and beat Motherwell away 4-0. But since then, it's been narrow wins at Pataudry 3-2, narrow win against Dundee at home 3-2. And of course, uh, Glimt have beaten us a couple of times and we beat Wraith Rovers 4-0, Laura. But... It was not a vintage display. So I think you can see from that run of games, Aberdeen, Wraith Rovers, Boruglund, Dundee, Boreglint and today that uh, that's half a dozen games now. Uh, I'm going to come to yourself, Kevin. Is that a concern at this stage of the season?
3: It is a concern, yes. You know, at this stage of the season, this is when you need to be grinding out the results, getting the points on the board. If you're playing before Rangers as well, you know, we win today another three points, the psychological advantage that gives us and the, the knock that would give them going into the game conversely now we've given them a big boost going into their match later on this afternoon uh, it is a worry the way that we're playing just now the, the worry for me or for me watching that today was that you know we've talked before about Ange not always having a plan B and it really came out today because all we did was try and get down the flanks now, for me, we didn't have to change to go long ball or go overly direct. We could keep the passing system. It was trying to get things a bit more through the middle, play the one-two-touch passing that worked so well in the previous games. And we didn't ever look like we were trying to do that today. And that, that was the worry, that we were just kind of so rigid to getting it down the line. And the crossing in was substandard at best today. You know, I don't think we found Maeda once.
1: You know, you know the the point you make there, last season, uh, we continually went on about the fact that we had nothing down the flanks, nothing out wide. Everything was too central. Um, but the issue is being unable to change that. You know, last season, we couldn't change it. This season, we are using the flanks. Abaddon and Jota get a lot of the ball. There's lots of crossing coming in. But when it's not working because we're we're actually not getting behind the Hibs defence. There was two occasions, I think, the second half. Uh, both of them involved O'Reilly with his high-tempo passing, uh, two-touch, and, and then he's creating space in the flanks. We don't seem able to change that, and that is a bit of a concern. If I'm going to be as fair as possible, what I would say is we don't really have the options to change it through the middle. So Maeda wasn't really in the game a great deal, Laura, but we didn't have the option on the bench. However, I'm going to bring in um, this point here from Gerard Quinn. Don't trust the bench. Only one change. I've got that on my notes here. At 82 minutes, I'm looking at the the bench, thinking surely there's a change that can be made here because it was looking like a stalemate all afternoon long. Laura O'Reilly made a big difference. I thought. I thought he was far more effective than Tommy Rogic. Was there anybody else on that bench that you thought should have been introduced into the game?
2: I mean, there's a bit of me that say, wants to say yes, but I mean, I, I, it was one of those games today where I don't even know that we had enough of a ball in enough dangerous positions to say that an individual coming onto the pitch would have make, made a difference today. One point I wanted to raise there, I saw it flash past one of the commenters made, I don't know who it was, sorry, but a big concern that I have, again, going off the back of what we saw today was you know, there was a lot of dissatisfaction on Thursday night with the team that was put out, uh, the second-string nature of it, the fact that so many fans had travelled in what were, uh, by all accounts, very treacherous conditions to to see their team. Not that any of them were complaining, I'm sure, because they followed their team far and wide, but there was an understanding there, I think, amongst the Celtic support that uh, that we would see a full-strength team out today who were fresh and ready to go, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, when we saw that lineup, that's what we expected. And yet, it looked almost as if there would have been no point resting them on Thursday because they were as flat as they would have been had they played on Thursday night anyway. And it just makes you wonder, you know, was that the right decision on Thursday? Should we have gone for it a little bit more because the benefit that we saw today was, was minimal to, to nothing, really?
1: Well, Chancellor picks up on that point. Uh, You're making points as they're coming through as well, Laura, because Noel Doran previously was talking about the fact that we could have kept playing there and not got a goal. That's the feeling Mm -hmm. I was getting. Chancellor, I know we're on a plane three days ago, is no excuse for that. And I think he's right, especially when you think about the players who were rested and have come in um, individually, who would you say Kevin didn't step up today? Who do you think was poor? Because I made a comment at half time about Starfelt. I was concerned that he was on a booking. I actually thought Starfelt was one of the more positive players in terms of getting the ball and trying to make a forward pass. I thought him and Cart and, uh, Vickers was solid as usual, uh, but they're not the types of players you're looking for the creativity from. You know, I just thought they'd done the job and they'd done the job well. But across the pitch, there was a lot of, you know, I'm not going to say honking performances, Laura. Um, but if I'm looking <laughs> at that shoot range from one to ten, there was a lot of kind of sixes and fives in there, wasn't there?
3: There was. And for that reason, I wouldn't single out any one player as being, uh, you know, the reason that we lost it, or not lost, the reason we didn't win this game today. It just feels like a loss. Uh, I think it was just a collectively poor performance. You know, No one really got above a five or a six, as you say. I felt there was a few players who did try. Like I think Jota tried a lot when he got the ball. He tried to take his forward and do something. But I felt he was trying to... <coughs> excuse me. I felt he was maybe trying to do it too much as a one-man show at times. Mm. There were three passes or just an easier pass to keep the ball. Could have released it earlier, hit a shot earlier that he didn't do. Overall, it was just... It was poor decision-making at vital moments. It was collectively not being able to pass the ball properly today and not being able to cross. Um, And then, you know, I am a big fan of Vanj, and this is not uh, having a go at him particularly. There was a feeling then for me that we just didn't change the the style, change the system enough to cope with what Hibs were doing. They were really comfortable with everything that we were throwing at them. Mm-hmm. because they had an answer to it and we never once really looked to mix that up um, if you were talking about a player to come on I would probably have looked to bring Beaton off the bench, I think as we did against Dundee for Hatati and then move um, McGregor further forward because I think him and, uh, him and O'Reilly can be a good partnership in the midfield, there's energy mm-hmm. they're both intelligent players can pass the ball and move well uh, I felt we could have done with a little bit more of that but Again, it would have probably fallen down when it got to the front three because as much as they maybe tried, they were all just off form today. And it's worrying that it's not the first time that this has happened in recent weeks.
1: Well, we had the discussion uh, on Friday there with Jared talking about, you know, how great is it going to be when your six creative players all click at the same time? Um, right, we're not expecting all six of them not to click all at the same time. And I think as much as Jota try to create um, I, I just think our creative players were completely off it today. There was a moment where it seemed to open up for a moment when Jota is making his way further, mm-hmm. and he doesn't take the strike. I and mean, when he finally does, it ends up in Rose. That I mean, you've got five minutes to go when that happens. But yeah. there was a good chance in 77 minutes, Laura, where uh, Abada from uh, from Taylor had had a really good chance. And I felt at that moment, right, this is the, this is the time to turn the screw. Um, and I do think, like what Kevin says, that there are changes that could have been made. You think about Beachon, you don't think well. That's that's not very offensive, is it? But the other changes around the park would have made it an effective change. Um, and again, I do have sympathies with Ange because we do seem to have had terrible luck when it comes to injuries uh, this season. But to make one sub in a ninety-seven minute game when you're chasing a winner and it's quite clear that there's a lot of ineffective players on the park, Hatati for me was very ineffective. Um, you know that summed them up at the very end there, where we could have pressed on and kept the pressure and he just slips just slips and the ball goes out of play that that just summed up his performance today I'm a wee bit concerned about Rogic I don't think he's had a decent game in half a dozen Um, Hatate you're you're expecting him to come on and make a real impact, he's made no impact I'm looking at Big Porteous at the back for them Laura, I don't think he's a great player I really don't, I just think he's one of these guys that throws his head at everything but you look at the ball when when he's got the ball at his feet, I mean he is prone to Making a mistake. I don't think that we have attacked him enough in that respect. It's just that, you know, crossing the ball in, you, that's the kind of balls he loves all day long. And I just don't think we adapted to that. Sean Maloney will be delighted with his performance and the outcome of that today, Laura. Um, is it a concern, Big Ange fans, that we don't seem to change it? We can't seem to inject something different in the last 15?
2: Well, the, the, I'm just looking at the, the bench here just now. So for anybody who didn't see the game or, or anything, it was Bain beat on McCarthy, Idiguchi, O'Reilly, Forrest, Ralston, Welsh and Karamoko. Based on recent performances, I would say the only ones out of that bench who could come on and make a difference in terms of trying to win the game would be O'Reilly and at a stretch beat on. McCarthy is not going to win you a game of football, Idiguchi hasn't shown that he's going to do that. Forrest has looked as done as anybody in the squad. Um, Ralston's right back, so I don't know what he's going to do in Welsh's centre-back, so he's not going to win as a game. Karamoko, we all know the potential he has had, but we've not seen him for how many many months, years at this point, so you couldn't really rely on him him to come on and make the difference. So actually, I mean, I would say probably in terms of options, yes, we should have tried to... Change things up more than we did in the 97 minutes but I couldn't point to any single one of the people on that bench and say they were going to come on and make the difference it was up to the team for me that made the start in the match that was arguably the the best 11 we can put out there just now uh, to make that difference and not one of them really showed up for the game today
1: yeah um Martin I mean we could all have our or Kenny, if you own that, Laura, because I think when you're looking at that bench, you really are hoping for a performance from someone who hasn't really given you it recently in Forest. Um, like you say, karim he has been a wonder kid since he was 13. He's now 19. We've not seen it. We've not seen it in the first team. So you're not going to expect to throw him on for, for him to make a change in a game like this. Um, some of the other players on that park are defensive-minded players. I think that you could change a few of the personnel around like Kevin suggested with with a change like bringing Beaton on but then Beaton wasn't at his best on Thursday night either I know that he played pretty well against Dundee with 20 minutes to go or so so yeah frustrating day um, to be at Easter Road today Hibs are okay says Martin uh, we have one game plan and if it doesn't work we don't win, it sometimes feels like that to be honest and I hope um, that that doesn't come back to, to bite us because that's Three nothing each draws, I think, we've had. Livy, Hibbs, St Mirren, where we just couldn't craft a chance out. But I'm going to bring this up now. It seems kind of obvious. Um, however, Francis Lester picks uh, the point up that we never seem to shoot from distance and it does his nothing. Um, you look at some of the Celtic teams from the past, Kevin, I'll come to you first with this one, and you could get a goal out of nothing simply because of that. Um, we've, we've got players in that team who can do it. Atati's shown that he can do it. Jota can strike from distance. Um, is that down to us, or is that the two big banks of four, um right in front of you, and there's a, a wall of bodies to try and uh, negotiate with a long, a long shot?
3: Yeah, I think I think it must be down to the tactics that we've got, because otherwise, you'd like to think when that opportunity presents, you take the shot, and it would be encouraged more often than it is. Um, <laughs> it's one of those funny ones that. If you looking back to last season, we were criticising the team for being played through to the middle, and mm-hmm. too much through the middle rather than out wide. And today we're saying it's too wide and not enough through the middle. We criticised Ryan Christie for shooting anytime you cross the halfway line, and now we're saying we're not shooting uh, enough from distance. So there's probably a little bit of just not being able to please ourselves, you know, wanting too much at times, but. Aye, there's definitely a case to be made. I think they were not actually taking opportunities to shoot from distance when it's there. And I think maybe from about the hour mark onwards, Macy was looking as if he was injured. He was feeling his leg a little bit. Um, if the chance was there, you've got to go and test him. And it was the only way we were really going to get an effort today because we weren't getting him behind to create a chance of closer to goal. So, yeah, I definitely feel like, you know, it's, a, it's a missed opportunity today to just not try and pepper the goal when we had that chance.
1: No, I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, when I look at the where we are just now, we're four points ahead, Laura. Rangers have that game in hand. And you wouldn't expect, although I think there will be twists and turns, I, I agree with you, Laura, between now and end of the season, I'm not expecting anything today at Ibrox not to go Rangers' way. Uh, we go into the game against St Mirren
0: on Wednesday night Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data. Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com
2: slash internet for details.
1: What do you do differently if you're Ange cogle
2: Um, One thing I would say that I would do differently going into any future game is, like Kevin said, we can come across a little bit like that we can't we can't be pleased in terms of if 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 it's too many crosses, we want it through the middle. If it's too through the middle, we want crosses. The thing that I would just like to see us do is change up the game plan if it isn't working. If we're putting all these crosses in, as we were doing in the first half, and it isn't working, then we have to change it. It's not about saying this is our only style of play and this is how we're going to continue to play going forward. Unfortunately, I think that going into the game during the week... When in a situation where I don't really know who's fit, who could who you could name in a first eleven that would be stronger than the one we put out today, so you, my inclination would be perhaps maybe put O'Reilly in from the start instead of either Hatati or Rogic. Um and apart from that, not really change very much unless the only other change I would make is that perhaps if Yakimakis. Is back to put him back in ahead of Maida. Uh, I wouldn't really change much else apart from that because, as I said, I think most of the players here are the best ones that we've got. Sometimes you just have to take a result like today's on the chin and get back to winning ways as soon as you can.
1: We spoke about the team lineup um, before the game, of course, and I think we said that, you know, we were. You know, I think what we said about the defence is it's probably the best defence we have now. There was maybe that, that question mark over uh, Rogic starting. Uh, and perhaps O'Reilly could have started. And then up top, it would be a a flipper coin for me between Jakimakis and Maeda, but Yakamakis wasn't available for selection. Paulie67 is saying on YouTube, Kevin, O'Reilly must start every game now. I don't think that that's an Egypt reaction from Paulie. I I just think that Rogic has gone off the boil in recent games. He hasn't looked at it at all. And then you look at the difference that O'Reilly made. For me, I thought he came on and he changed the tempo of the game. Would you agree with Polly?
3: You know, I probably would. Um, I think at kind of the start of the game, we're saying it's a toss-up between Rogic and O'Reilly, which one plays. Rogic got the nod and he didn't do it today. And it's not the first game that he hasn't performed in recently. I don't think O'Reilly's ever really let us down when he's played. And if you're picking a team based on current form, then O'Reilly's the man that should start. He's um, He adds a lot more to the, to the team. He added a lot more when he came on today. He's uh, he's young, he's got the energy, he's got the hunger. I'd give him a go. Why not have him in as a, one, of the, one of the regular three in the midfield now on? Um, but one thing I'm kind of curious on as well is, uh, can a lot of maybe saying there's no one else that we can... Certainly today there was no one else that really could have come off the bench and influenced thing. What are we thinking about somebody like Ben Doak or even Karamoko? I know he was on the bench today, but given one of those two a chance in the team to freshen things up, have a bit of fresh perspective in there, if, if perhaps teams are getting a little bit too used to what the likes of a Yota Yota are offering, mm. you know, could we throw a curveball in there every once in a while? St Mirren at home might be the chance to do it. And let let one of those boys just kind of have the freedom of the park for a game.
1: It's an interesting point because it's the the unknown, isn't it? Uh, I mean, yeah. people are starting to. You, you look at the impact that someone like Hatati made in his first few games, and then obviously teams get wise to the way that he plays and they start playing um, to you know against his strengths. It's a bit like Jota and Abad. You've seen them today; they're switching it to try and um, try their chance to make a different <coughs> fullback. Uh, Laura, we've got a few youngsters. We've tried it um, not through choice at various parts this season. The nothing needs game against St. Man last time round. It was uh, Owen Moffat, wasn't it? They got thrown in. Um, I mean, they're on the bench. Karimoko certainly was today. Ben Doak has been on the bench a few times. Um, is that too big a task to ask these guys to come in and and give us something a little bit different?
2: Um. I wouldn't say so. I, I, I think any player who is deemed to be good enough to be in the Celtic first team should not be scared of any team domestically in Scotland. And so, um, although I was saying Karamoko couldn't be necessarily depended on to come on and make the change t- today, I do agree with Kevin that like going forward, going into other matches, players like Doak and like Karamoko should be given the opportunity from earlier in the game or even from the start to make a difference, to provide something a little bit different. Like like I was saying before, not having alternative plans or strategies um, can be a problem at the best of times. But when you then become predictable in terms of who your selection is, what your personnel is, as well as the system you're playing, then that can be the thing that, that is your downfall. So like Kevin's saying, putting even one or two players in there in positions that will make a difference. I'm not talking about centre-back or, or right-back or even defensive midfield, but a Doke or a Karamoko out wide providing something a little bit different against those teams who think they've got it sussed might be the thing that we just need to lift us out of the current rut that we're in
1: my only concern I've said this before it was the same when Welsh was finally thrown into the the first team I know he'd had one game previously for Celtic against Hamilton when he was thrown into the first derby last season Um, I just don't think we've got Ben Doakes will be a bit different because he's only 16. I don't think we've got enough youngsters with enough games in their legs. You know, we shouldn't have gone through nine domestic um, seasons winning the league with all these guys never getting a game. There there was always opportunities to get Stephen Welsh, you know, a dozen games in a season. You know, bring them into teams that, you know, when we're beating, um, you know, know, we're winning games in, in, in the league, four and five, nothing. You've got to give these guys games because now we're looking at kind of final um, chance scenarios where we're looking for something different and we're almost throwing in uh, a youngster. Now, Chilpul comes in and he is making a point that we have made this season. We have no height in the box, particularly when you consider the amount of crosses that come in. Now, we had a, I think it was a, a Friday bulletin, Laura, there was a discussion around this and Jim Moore pointed out, right, you've got guys like Jota and Abada that are finding space down in the flanks and they're, they're putting the ball in but it doesn't have to be the big cross that suits a defender like Porteous. And Seamus Duffy points out that he's a nuisance. Um, well done to the him.
2: Thing, the thing I would say about that, Paul, though, is, and I said it at half time, I don't think that a crossing game necessarily doesn't suit the, the front line that we have. You don't have to put big looping crosses in that are obviously going to be an advantage for a big towering defender. If you put a dangerous cross in at the right angle, at the right speed, and the person in the middle makes the right timed run. Sometimes you don't even need to jump to get a head or a foot on the end of it. And so, you know, not to like talk about him too much again, but like Henry Larson was not the biggest in stature, but he made the runs that he needed to make, found the space that he needed to find, and was notoriously good at heading a football. So, you know, I don't necessarily agree that Crosses aren't for the front line that we have, but and, and I don't necessarily agree that a big unit of a guy up front is going to be the answer to that. It's the quality of the crossing that we're getting in and the timing of the runs that makes a difference.
1: The type the type of cross. I, that was exactly what Jim was saying. I mean, my never going to beat Porteous to a high ball. Hmm. But you you put the ball in at a certain and Porches struggles with the ball at his feet. I mean, he almost turned one in uh, into his own net today. I just think he's clumsy with the ball at his feet, gives the ball away uh, often, but he's very comfortable if you play the ball high into the box. So we're actually playing to his strengths and not to our strengths, Laura, and that was frustrating today uh, when you're looking at a player uh, with, with pace, to bun, never really running onto a ball uh, one time in, in 97 minutes in Maeda today. Um, now, Pat, Pat O comes in, um, team always unbalanced without beat on, Cam provides a lot at number eight. Listen, we've been, I think, pretty positive about Beaton this season. After a really poor start, Kevin, where he gets sent off against Mitchell and throws our plans um you know into the gutter almost. And we were forced to play Dane Murray in the second in the second leg of that game. But since then, um I think that Beaton's been given a lot of praise. However, I don't think he performed well enough on Thursday. Um, to be looking at him, as certainly as a starter today, and um, even to try and manage the game out like he did against Dundee, I think if you were to do it to try and get McGregor as an offensive option, fair enough. But for me, I think it would be maybe premature to drop tattie, um going into the game against St Mirren on Wednesday. Um, Is that something that you think is uh, in the thoughts of Ange Postacoglu, the fact that Tati has gone off the boil, beat on sitting on the bench? He has performed pretty well this season, but he was poor last Thursday. I mean, it's going to be a difficult selection on Wednesday night, I would suggest.
3: Yeah, I think it will be. And We we all know that the midfield trio is probably uh, Ange's toughest decision as to which three he goes for on a weekly basis. I think we've got to trust him, that he's in with the players on the daily basis. He'll know exactly how they're feeling, the frame of mind, what the fitness level is like. He'll not be happy with the recent performances, and he'll be making them aware it's how the players react in training as to who I think gets the nod for the, the games. Personally, I I, I agree that uh, Beton's. I, I think he's having a, a pretty good season for us. He's he's more reliable this season, uh, Mitchell and side, uh, than he's been for a long time. I don't think he's a starter. But he's um, he's kind of becoming, I think, it was it Al Morrison's kind of special ops player, the same as James McCarthy. You bring him on um, in specific games when you need a specific type of player. So I wouldn't really start him, but he's a good option to have in the bench when you want to release Callum McGregor that bit further forward. But um, from from a starting perspective, I'd probably still be choosing Hatate just now over uh, over a, a Beaton, but. Mm. You know, if, if Atati's performances don't pick up, then we would need to look at something. And Beaton is that option, I think. Unless you yeah. like can come in. Again, we've never really seen him play. So he might be the the man that can actually come in and and shore up the midfield.
1: And give Callum that wee bit more freedom. Uh, from yeah. an offensive uh, perspective. Brian Warrior, you know, comes in and, and just reminds us really that where we are this season and and where we were last season. Uh, There's been a 22-point swing in fortunes from the same point last season, absolutely. And Chancellor, you've been on a few times today. Whatever happens later, we will still wake up in the morning top of the league. Yeah, absolutely. And let's not forget, I mean, yeah, there's been a a big furore over the um, defeat over two legs of Borussia Dortmund. But we have seen many, many times, Laura, the hangover from a European victory such as that. So um, I'm not expecting anything today. Anything we get uh, will be a bonus. Um, but there is something that I've taken note of here. And it was a bit of a concern at the time. And it's crept in a wee bit. Because remember against Raith Rovers, and we see Joe Hart getting the ball over his own corner flag, and you're thinking, no, don't play it across the, your own goal. And he did. He done it again today. He had mm. done it again today. And from a position where... And I'm not about long ball, Laura. I'm not about that at all. But we, we've got players that, you know, if you put a ball into space, they can force even a throw-in down in, at their corner flags. It's difficult at that point. It's difficult at that point for them to get out of the corners and we're on the offensive. This getting the ball at your corner flag and trying to play, the, play it across the Carter Vickers, that's a heart-and-mouth moment. And I thought we'd kind of got over that. Um... That, that's a big concern for me that that's still happening, Laura.
2: What, what was worse than that for me necessarily than, than playing it across, uh, across to Carter Vickers was not just that he chose to play it across the goal, but he played it to Carter Vickers when he was pretty much surrounded by Hibs players and was being put under immediate pressure. So there's a, there's a bit of a, a concern there in terms of the decision to make that pass because you know, a certain type of football fan might have looked at that, had that led to a goal for Hibbs or something and said, well, Carter Vickers has lost the ball. He's the one at fault here. And and actually, it's the person who passed it to him and Joe Hart who, who put him under pressure. I think it just comes down to this as far as Joe Hart's concerned. Now, I... I want to state on record before I say any of this. Joe Hart has been one of the major factors in turning around our season. We have needed a goalkeeper of his stature and his ability for a long time. The one thing that we need not forget, though, is there's a reason why he was let go from Man City. And it was because he wasn't great at using his feet. Has he improved in that area? He certainly appears to have done since, since those days but I still don't think it comes naturally to him. I still think he has to think a little bit too much about what he's doing and sometimes f- is forced into the wrong decision for because it doesn't come naturally to him. And I think that's an element of his game that, at the age and stage that he's at for the number of years that he must have been working on it for, you're just never going to get rid of, unfortunately. And it's a case of, does the benefits of having Joe Hart and go outweigh that particular negative? And for me, it absolutely does. I think I think we all agree round about uh, Axom that that Joe Hart has been outstanding this season. There are bits of his game that I don't like still, but you know, in terms of his passing, I'm willing to put up with that for, for the for the massive improvement in, in quality between the sticks that he's provided us.
1: It, it definitely has. One final thing, similar to to what Kevin was saying earlier on, you can make a change that looks like a, a kind of defensive change. You bring on Ralston, push Jaranovic up on the right, a batter through the middle, there you go, uh, Maeda comes off. So yeah, there, there were options in there that may not have been uh, obvious options, but it was a frustrating afternoon at Easter Road. Um, I see it as two points dropped. Yes, we are four ahead in the title race, but by God, we're in a title race and that's for sure. Um, let's see what happens this afternoon. We will be covering the game on Wednesday night and of course the Livingston game next Sunday as well and every other game between now and the end of what we hope will still be a memorable season. Thanks everybody for getting involved in the comments. Uh, we've been across social media, but we do ask you if you are enjoying what you see, uh, get yourself onto the YouTube channel and subscribe uh, as well as the the live streams every weekday uh, on the bulletin and every game, we will be creating a lot of fully produced content. And if you haven't seen the 20-minute piece we did on St. Mary's, give it a watch um, because I I must admit, even watching it yesterday, I I just thought to myself, it's great to be a Celtic fan in times like that, the way they pull together. And it's uh, a much kind of bigger picture when you watch that. uh, The effect that, you know, sectarianism has had on Canon Tom White and the way that he's able to conduct himself despite that and thank you to Laura Bradburn and Kevin McCluskey for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind
0: Sports Social, Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? <sighs> ah.